0: Warning: The following episode of That Mental Gender show contains strong language and adult themes. All right trip. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of That Mental Ginger Show is recorded at Scuff Studios in Swanston Street, Glasgow. If you're looking to do podcasts, music or any creative passions, these guys will have you covered. For more information, contact Scuff Studios at scuffed.studios.gla at gmail.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram and drop them a message. Scuff Studios, to nurture your creative passions hello and welcome to that mental ginger show with your host andrew durning aka the mental ginger well my three faithful followers i've actually done it i've scored a big fish i've scored one of the big names in the comedy scene someone who has been touring with some of the best scottish talent in the world and i've been very fortunate to share a stage with her Claire, Michael, Claire. Thank you so much for coming along.
1: You're more
0: than welcome. The last time I saw you was when I was twenty three, and we were in the production. Move over, Mrs. Markham. I recall. Yes, like, are you wanting to leave the rest of it out for legal reasons? Eh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, what? Like, uh, because they've already heard the story of when what like, uh, Ronnie, our director, what like, um may he rest in peace. What they had said is that we needed more passion in one of our scenes. What? So I just went, ah, screw it, why not? And just went and gave you like, a massive kiss, and then you were like, wasn't expecting that. And me being young and stupid, I was like, yeah, oh, I did it, made someone forget the lines, way! And now I instantly regret it and always wanted to apologise, so I'm sorry.
1: Don't be sorry, um, that was a, a really mental time.
0: It really was, wasn't it?
1: Firstly, because that passionate kiss that you're talking about was day one
0: yeah it was within
1: yep. minutes of stepping onto the stage
0: and probably within minutes of actually just going I'm Andrew I'm Claire
1: <sighs> which was a wee bit unsettling
0: yeah well, I'm surprised I didn't wind up in court for that one
1: so that was my first ever stage kiss was it? Yep. Sorry. Trying to be all cool, laid back and all that. But yeah. I don't do this
0: all the time, do I fuck? In fairness, that was, it was only my second. In the first one, I was actually dating the girl at the time. Mm-hmm. what? So that's why it wasn't awkward. But yeah, it so, was the same deal. I did appear more awkward than I probably was. But I was just like, that switch just went, right, he's telling me to do that. But at least if I do it, the only way I can go is scale back. Okay. Right wow, so, and but no he, he he actually wanted more from that, so that was a, that was slightly disturbing,
1: <laughs> well, I was trying to be cool, and Fran was doing prompting,
0: oh, uh, yeah. yeah, she was assistant she director, said, wasn't she?
1: She said she had her face buried in the book, and she was just going,, no no, no, and she can hear talking and then silence, and then she looked up, and my face was like a fucking traffic light. <laughs> I think the heat was coming up from my feet. I was that <laughs> embarrassed. But was trying to be all cool about it. And I couldn't speak momentarily. Mm-hmm. And then when we got off stage, we were downstairs, it was on a break, and you yeah. said to me, you said to me, oh, um, we'll do more of that kissing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, right. Um, Oh, eh, see, what it is is my
0: face is going like a traffic light. <laughs>
1: and I smoked at the time. And I'm like, I've seen what it is, Andy. I've, I've, I've had coffee and cigarettes and yes. then you piped up with which fucking really got me going you piped up with don't worry about it i've the chicken kievs for my dinner it's oh. <laughs> <was> like okay <laughs> Fuck. hold me back oh, dear God. it was uh yeah that, that that's uh, i've come right in on myself there i've, I've transported myself back to that <laughs> moment on stage where i was like <laughs> i nearly swallowed my own
0: head mm. Well, Claire, it's been lovely having you on.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But we fucking rocked that
1: show. We
0: did. We did, in fairness. And the whole point of it was that people thought that, like, my character was gay from the get-go because it was very extravagant and an interior decorator. So when that happens, it's meant to be a shock value. So we just did our job. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time was in the audience. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, she slapped me so hard, she almost dislocated my job.
1: Wow, so okay. I must have
0: done something right
1: <laughs> okay
0: so now we've had a wee reminisce of memory lane okay. what I like to do with every guest that comes on is talk about their origin story because everybody's got one it's the one thing we all have in common so Claire in your own time please tell our three faithful followers your origin story
1: so uh, you want to know how I got into stand-up writing acting is that well, How well, that came, well, where it
0: started, and kind of what led um, what, okay. what me to it, all that. Stuff. Okay,
1: so, well, I was a gymnast when I was young. I was in the British team. Wow. And then I, yeah, well, I, was, I say the British team because it sounds better. I was in the British zone squads, um, hmm. 12 years in Scottish gymnastics team, trained for several uh, Commonwealth Games teams, oh. working up to victorian canada where i broke and dislocated my finger and um, bit of an intimate affair with the beam at the time all right <laughs> um so i thought well what am i going to do am i going to hang about for kuala olympics every four years mm-hmm. or i grow tits the tits one <laughs> yeah so that one uh,
0: well and fair um good job <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good job till you have children, they fall down below your neck. But was it the, was
0: to it that. The say that um, the bigger they are, the further they fall? Or is it gravity this time, it's personal? I don't think
1: that's just boobs they're talking about. I no, definitely talking about isn't. Things it definitely isn't. Like,
0: yeah, gravity like definitely takes a toll on everything. Yeah. It's just like, why does gravity always have to go down? I never understand that.
1: So then went and got married, had kids, hmm. and then divorced.
0: Oh. And divorce
1: was a fucking beautiful portal into the world of creativity. And it was an outlet, a catharsis, for all my pent-up anxiety that I'd developed from being married, so.
0: but yeah. right, I've got to ask, did you have a divorce party?
1: See, I didn't have a divorce party as such, it took me a fucking long time to get it. But mm. what I did get was a certificate. Mm. And when I got the certificate, maybe me, wrote in the felt pen, the blue felt pen, as I recall, mm. "Freedom." <laughs> right across it.
0: Well, in fairness, that blue. But what freedom. I didn't
1: realise, Andy, mm. is that you have to present that fucking document to all numbers of authorities. <laughs> My God. So I had the freedom divorce certificates.
0: So, oh man! But yeah. well, how old were you when you got divorced?
1: in past twenty one. I can't mind. Um, <laughs> I was uh, maybe twenty. Oh no, that's a lie. Because I had one of the kids when I was nearly twenty nine. It's maybe about thirty one.
0: Thirty one, something mm. like that. Right. so what made you think of the about what the career about? What to start with? What what one piqued your interest first?
1: Well, nothing. What happened was I was fucking bored. I was a lonely bored, single mother, and I had this huge void and I couldn't quite work out why. Mm. And then further down the line, I thought to myself, hang on a minute, it's performing. Mm. I'd put all so much on hold when I had the kids and whatever else, but I had to remember that I spent, since I was five-year-old, till I was 21, essentially, in a gym. And then if you're doing maybe a competition, you run down for a vault, you do somersaults, you, you're on the bars. You, it's to shock and it's to thrill. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking used to it because I was good at it. Yeah. And I used to walk past people and they go... Oh. <laughs> and obviously the ego, you know? Yeah,
0: the ego has landed.
1: So I realised it was performing. So mm-hmm. I signed myself up to go and do acting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, an HND and uh, acting performance. And... Uh, I had no idea that such a thing was possible. Again, cause I'm fucking old now. Mm. When I was younger and I was in a classroom, and mm. people would say, this teacher would say, "Oh, what are you going to do mm. when you're older? And yeah, doctor, dentist, drive a van, whatever." I was going to be one of the kids from fame.
0: All right. And the yeah. fucking
1: class erupted laughing. So yeah. I just put that right in the back burner. Going, mm. that's madness. That's never going to happen. Mm. But. I became a Bullsary bitch and I developed a voice when I got divorced, so for an I know, was thirty six away and learning how to do the acting,
0: <laughs> mixing well with
1: all the young team.
0: Yeah.
1: When I came out of school I had nothing, no qualifications, nada. Okay. Mm-hmm. My head was in the clouds. the clouds. Clowns, well I probably was a clown. <laughs> but <laughs> it was in the clouds. And um not because I didn't have any ability, but because I would I just wasn't I mean my brother was The ducks of the school, Mm. you know, all band ones, A's for his hires, degrees, core physics, guitar, flamenco at the Royal Scottish Academy, first choice, you know, like, there was ability there, it's just I didn't know it, and I was too busy. If I was sitting in the classroom, then I was sitting going, "Mm," and I was in a beam routine, I was doing a double back, I was doing something... I was looking out the window and fantasizing about doing a Yurchenko in the vault. Mm. That's where I was. So I came out of school with nothing. But well, that's a lie. I got the PE prize for the school and my dance.
0: Serious, that's more than I got. I got. I got. Bye. That's that. Was so,
1: uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> academically, academically, nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. So. When I went and started doing the acting, I realised that I could write characters and I could write plays and I could develop all these little things that just weren't ever part of my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, my language, my literature, my everything increased. You know, everything like just seemed to then become a magnet for uh, a, a sponge for any information at all I was researching stuff reading stuff more books than I'd ever looked at my life and uh, before I knew it I was overnight creating a show Mm -hmm. I couldn't watch the television because I would be sitting going I've just thought of a sketch and I would be writing it down television is banned in my house essentially apart from (laughs) lockdown where I completed Netflix but television (laughs) is banned in my house because I can't look at something and see something happen I don't like going right about it.
0: Yeah.
1: So I wrote shows for the Fringe Festival and I started doing improv and all those sort of stuff. And then I did more and more shows and I just tapped into my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote shows Welcome to the Dark Side, Creme de Passanelle. What else does it write? And you forget, she wrote. Um, Shut Up and Wear It, Fifty Shades of Clear.
0: Yeah, I remember. Um, see, I remember yeah, hearing about that one. Did She's you? Clear, yes. Well, that was a
1: Glasgow International Comedy Festival. When mm-hmm.
0: what did you hear? Well, I, well, I heard nothing but good things about it. Well, I
1: want to hear those good things.
0: What well, would well, you not? Yeah, of course you would I want to hear them. Know. But it was basically along the lines of you know what sensational, what because I don't I don't want to blow up your ego too much. What but it, well, a lot of it was sensational. What and um, what um, hilarious. I don't think I paid anyone for for such things. Well, there we go. It was what first I couldn't afford to pay anybody to say such things. Uh-huh.
1: Anyway, uh, it was it probably was then. I mean, ooh. I'm just taking that one for.
0: It. Yeah. Well, there was nothing but good things that I'd heard about it. What and obviously you've been on the circuit for well, how many years you been on the circuit now? See, I keep going
1: back and forward with this because I, my arrival to anything creative was when I was 36. Mm. I'm now 48, so that's a 12 years, right? Mm. I trained for two years as an actress, but I started dabbling with characters and doing stuff. It all becomes a bit fuzzy. Mm. And then I stopped for a couple of years and then um, by accident I was in Aberdeen mm-hmm. and I was playing a character at a comedy show and... Um, I didn't have... I was playing an old maid and she'd, like, essentially pubic hair bits and a hat, right? All right. <laughs> you know, the little grey hair. Yeah, yeah. OK. And the costume.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would go on his her and it made it a bit filthy. And um, I was up my Aberdeen and I went and put it on and the hat and the thing. Mentally, I could see it sitting on my sofa and I'm like, oh, I've not got it. Yeah. There's no way I can get up and stand and be an old eight-year-old woman. Mm. and they said, well, why don't you just get up and be yourself? Mm. So, that's what I've done. Mm. And I just told stories about myself, and they asked me to come back, and then they asked me to come back, and then they asked me to come back again. Mm. And so, it was an accident. And when you're a single mum, right, and you've got no fucking social life or anything else, and someone's paying you to go and do something, and it's also a social night, Mm. And you can justify that. Oh, I can leave the house. <laughs> oh, it's work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking ball.
0: Yeah.
1: And more often than <laughs> not, a lot of the times in the initial stages, you know, we've talked about pay- play and I've heard you discussing it in some of your other sh- shows. That but um, Proof
0: someone actually watches it. That's beyond one the three faithful. Thank you.
1: I mean, I was told. They did tell me.
0: Yeah, I did, I did slip her a 20. It was all right.
1: <laughs> um
0: and that sounds wrong saying I slipped i yeah slipped you one. oh god I'm sorry well, uh, so that's been cancelled for the 20th time right, right
1: so I so fucking continue. forgot my train my I thought there what was I telling
0: you you were talking about Aberdeen well, Aberdeen about, so I nice. could
1: justify working could mm. justify it getting out and obviously when it was pay as you like not pay as you play but turning up and only being uh, paid in alcohol mm. got quite interesting for me
0: yeah, that definitely would get quite interesting for a lot of people, especially in Scotland.
1: I wouldn't come home in with any money, but I'd be absolutely hammered. Yeah. That
0: just sounds like we can have the twice is, 10 classical mum, doesn't it? Which <laughs> has got a
1: shelf life, Andy. That's got a shelf life. Yeah. yeah. You can only do that for so long.
0: Well, I couldn't even do it when you were meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I struggled with that. What, any type of and I was like, oh, no. not me. So what would you say was probably one of the, what, maybe like your kind of, Sink or swim kind of gig, you know, the one where you think you've done it and you're like, I've arrived. Well, I know that I can do this now, I'm good at it. Well, because you are good at it, because people mm-hmm. I constantly see you and well, I put up gigs all over social media. Well, when then we had down then I seen even more gigs coming, mm-hmm. and, I, and I always knew that you had what a really really good wit about you just from like when we had rehearsals and we would try and hide that all the time try
1: and hide that
0: well in that environment what, it was a bit hard to sometimes be yourself what, but I always, what, I always liked that we could kind of just talk and banter what, and have a bit of a laugh What you were kind of like a, a comrade in arms at that point for someone that was very like insecure and what struggling a lot of the time so I was always really appreciative that you took the time to actually speak to me because not a lot of people did
1: <laughs> well maybe I recognised you what I'd seen in myself because I was insecure and struggling most of the time you just get good at pretending that you're not that's all mm. and then the more you pretend then the more you actually aren't so it's kind of balances itself out mm. um, I would say an answer to that question would probably shut up and wear it mm. And um, it was Claire Michaels' comedy peep show. Mm. And I played multiple characters, I think maybe 14 or 15 characters over the hour. Wow. So I had a screen and I would come out as a character, all written by myself. So I would go out as a character, do my soliloquy monologue, bounding about the stage, cartwheeling and backflips and whatever mm. else, obviously. Um, and then run in the back as there's music playing, quick change, and do a party popper, <laughs> <laughs> so that the tech guy would know he put the next track on.
0: Yeah,
1: it was just snippets of tracks, but it kept people alert, and it yeah. came out as the next one and the next one, and it was high energy. But um, some of the comments I got, because I thought, look at me, I'm just being a bit of a dick. I'm just. <laughs> Carrying on, playing yeah. whatever else. People won't like this or whatever else, you know, the usual insecurities. Mm-hmm. And the feedback I got from that was awesome, absolutely awesome. And I went, hang on a minute, that's Claire Cool. She might be all right. You know? Yeah. And then so I encourage you to do more or you do it with your shoulders a bit further back or mm-hmm. you stand up or you, you take an extra pause or a moment or you create more space, you know, where you're sort of bigger and better, mm-hmm. you know. And that helps, and it also helps when you sit down to write or whatever else you're sitting and You think, oh, no, I can pull that off. or oh, I can do that. Because there's a big difference between, now that I write mostly, there's a big difference between writing for yourself and what you would say as opposed to writing for someone else and what mm. they would be credible if they said. Yes. There's certain things that I'll write and that are funny, but there's no way I'm going to try and deliver them or go on stage with, you know? Mm. So, that again gives me an extra little something that I can explore and play beyond my own shows because yeah. I can give that to them over there. They'll deal with that. Mm. They're more suited to that or whatever else. Who so are some of the acts that you've bills. wrote for? We're not allowed to say.
0: We're not allowed for legal reasons kind mm. of thing? That's, that's definitely a thing?
1: Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So,
0: so do they have to take credit for your stuff? Uh, that's
1: how it works and high end of comedy they have a team in a high end of comedy they'll sit down with a team Mm. with what they have and then they'll get add-ons or someone will give them something and they'll put their own stuff with it back in the day uh, your Bob Hope days and whatever else people were shadowed you went somewhere you'd done a thing so that people so that the writer could see how you respond how you react what you would likely see in any given situation
0: yeah that's got to be a bit of a bollock, knowing that someone write, has write delivered about. your material and getting credit for it.
1: Yeah, but it, it's time. It's t- it's it's all about time now. People are doing so many shows now, and you can't. I mean, you couldn't be. Uh, a, nearly said the name there. You couldn't be uh, a big name and go touring and doing X, Y, and Z, and always have new material all the time yeah. without a little bit of assistance.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, but it's it never gets mentioned, but. One of the nicest things about when I do have my television on is sitting watching a show and going, it's maybe live at the polls, something, and going, yeah, that was mine.
0: Yeah, you wrote that line. And
1: that's all I need. I don't need anyone to know that that was mine. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with people that moan, like there is a lot of plagiarism. You know, people are always trying to take your ideas. To, I have very, absolutely nothing online other than a feature film that I did, Starcash, because well, I can't pull that off. But I have very little online because it's it's open to others to, to take, to interpret it interpret in their own way, whatever else. I don't want to go up on a stage and say a little bit of a something that I, I, I came up with, but someone else has taken on board and has been heard down the road saying that. Mm. Because when I then stand on the stage, they're going to go, Oh, that's their joke.
0: Mm. Despite
1: the fact I've maybe been doing it five years, ten years, whatever else, you know. Mm. So I have an infinitely small amount of things that I'll do. Right. If I'm talking to people, if I'm talking to friends, if I'm talking to society, I will say things that I I think are funny mm. or I think that are amusing. But I, I'm not I wouldn't try and do it in this setup. Mm. You know? If people want to see anything funny that I do, come to my show to see it. Mm. and it'll be new and it'll be fresh because that's why you paid your ticket you didn't pay your ticket for free information you don't go on to some and do all your best stuff and all your gags and all your lines because if you do that you're cutting out your own wages mm-hmm. does that make sense? yeah Yeah. that's
0: well, so, yeah. like Jim Carrey yeah. higher plane of existence stuff going on here Yeah, stuff you don't stuff that you've need, well, uh, well, as like you know a normie well in that sense like you, well, if you were in the audience going to see it, you wouldn't think about stuff like that. But yeah. I guess that's probably like the nature of like the comedy like the business, so to speak.
1: But if you went to a comedy show and you thought, I'm going to see this guy or this person, and you've done your research, you know, a bit of a Google check, you've clicked on a video or whatever, you've seen a few things, and then you go and everything that's there, you hear on that night, well, that's not value, is it? mm if you're someone of credibility where you can write and write and write and write, I mean, I don't get overly upset when I hear people maybe taking an idea or running with it or something that I've done. Mm. Because do you know why? Because I'll always come up with something else. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I can. A lot of people can't, and so they'll do a little bit, and then they're off the radar. Mm. So I don't worry. That's a compliment, I guess.
0: I don't yeah. Well, it's definitely like a compliment to yourself, like that you... Have that confidence in you that you're like, I can write something else that's funny. I can do that. What? Because I know that I'm that good. What? Well, I'm not that good,
1: you know. I'm not not saying, oh, look at me, I'm the great I am. I'm not saying that at all.
0: Yeah, but the way that has been kind of that you said is like, if someone uses one of my jokes, I'm like, cool, I can just write another one. Yeah. And I can use it for me and for my gigs and what, and that gives. It's given me a wee, It's given me quite a bit of a, an insight for how to develop things, because, what well, for that type of live setting, that's the uniqueness what well, of a gig. As an audience member, you're going to a gig and you're thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this. Well, oh, that was good." And then off you go. You don't think about like the stuff that goes on behind it. I've thought about it in different senses, like for the acting style, where it's there's a script, we read the lines. We try and deliver them as fresh as we can. We carry on with it. You don't think about the people writing those lines, then having to write someone else, something else, because they want to keep every I- uh, idea moving forward and keep comedy like a, as like essentially a living thing, as an organic yeah. thing, and keeping it going. So that was that. That is that's given give me definitely something to think about. When...
1: some acts though, don't don't ever have any
0: writers.
1: Mm. Yeah, I should point that out.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, definitely, I mean, there'll be some that'll be like, right, hold on a minute, but see if those people are actually listening to this, my condolences. <laughs> well, you're only tuning in for Claire, you're not tuning in for me. Uh, so, one thing I did want to talk to you about, well, mm-hmm. in particular, is about um, women on the comedy circuit. Mm-hmm. Well, recently, there's been like a good kind of, I think there's been a good resurgence of female comedians, and rightly so. Well, yeah. Because there are some fantastic female stand-up comedians, especially yeah. um, Scottish ones as well. Mm. What? Well, how do you feel like it's well, it progressed, like since like you started comedy to where it's kind of got to now?
1: Um, how would I answer that? Right? Okay. So firstly, like, the first thing, I, said, I don't see male and female comedians. I see comedians. Right. Hmm. So.
0: Kind like good, the Dave Chappelle thing, where it's like, their uh, comedians are my tribe, kind of thing.
1: No, I don't differentiate between males and females. Mm. If you're good, you're good. You're a comedian, right? right? I know people say, oh, she's a comedian. Right, no. There's comedians and there's male and there's female comedians, Mm. okay? And they're either good or not. And there just so happens to be some absolute fantastic talent in this country, comedy-wise, and they just so happen to be females. Mm. Um. I wouldn't say that it's grown any in the last 10 years. I wouldn't say that there's, you know, greater or higher numbers. There aren't. Mm. There aren't. Maybe, um, I mean, we'll hear all the... T- I'll go to a gig and I'll come off stage and they'll say, do you know, I don't think that, you know, comedians are funny, but you, you... Shut up, you know. Mm. That's that's not a compliment, you know. It's yeah. not a compliment at all, you know.
0: Mm. No, that's...
1: I haven't really it. answered your
0: question there, have I? Um, yeah, but in fairness, you've not answered it because you don't believe that my question is valid because I'm asking about female comedians. What and to you, you don't see like, uh, like a gender thing. You mm. just see they're comedians. So that's why you've not asked it because my question is essentially redundant. Yeah. Okay. What in your eyes? But
1: wha, I'm all this about is. The this is what pro-
0: this is what proves that how I'm actually really. A shit host. When I come up against someone who's actually a really solid and talented guest,
1: <laughs> don't ever let me hear you say that again.
0: Okay. I'll try my best, but don't no ever problem. Let no me promises. See <laughs>
1: that you're shit. Don't ever do that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about like your, what uh, like yourself and any other gigs. What, what, what's coming up? What for you?
1: Okay, so last night I was in Hamilton, we did the townhouse. I was smashing, I'm doing some support act gigs for Gary Miko, and it's fantastic. He works so, so hard. On this Friday coming we've got Eden Court in Inverness. Oh, wow. So I'll need to look out a wee tartan frock for that one. Mm. Uh-huh. So I think there's about 850 sold out maybe. Um, yeah so and Gary just gets better and better and better you know mm. and his crowds they're amazing they're really there for all the right reasons you know mm-hmm. and they've been so welcoming in me the feedback's been really lovely so I really appreciate that and I appreciate Gary obviously uh, believing in me
0: mm-hmm. you know so yeah. how do you feel like um, doing like comedy has had an impact like on your mental health since it has like a mental health kind of awareness show as well as to give you another platform for your, your craft
1: oh, it's the old adage isn't it you know like laughter therapy you know, you know laughter's the best medicine you know mm. and the whole tragedy plus time equals comedy and you sort of flick back and whatever else that's further down the line but I think we all need to be taken away as a distraction from a lot of what's going on in the world right now and a lot of the circumstances that we're in, situations that people are having to deal with. And I think even if it's just a wee half hour or something where you're not thinking about your bank balance, your house, how you're going to do X, Y, and Z, your job, careers, whatever else, you're not thinking about that. And it lets you step away in your mind to something else where you can laugh obviously your endorphins and whatever Mm. else you know is increased and whatever else and in that moment in that time you know you have a wee escape Mm. and i think we all need that just now i think the world needs that right now yeah so the more of that you can get the better
0: no definitely so we're starting to come up on time so what i will do is ask you a question that i ask all my guests If you could give one piece of advice to someone who is struggling with mental health issues, what would that piece of advice be and why?
1: Um, Nothing is ever as bad tomorrow as it feels today. Sometimes you just have to own what's going on in that moment. You have to own it, you just have to accept, right? I'm not feeling great. I've had this before. I'm going to just sit with this. I'm going to acknowledge that it's there, but I'm going to just sit with this. And always remember what was seen. Nothing's ever as bad tomorrow as it feels today.
0: It's really good advice. Really profound advice as well.
1: Well, sometimes I can be quite serious. You know? Yeah,
0: well, Claire, I absolutely loved having you on. It's been such a what a different type of interview for me. What well, whereas like most of the ones I've had what well, we've well, it's I been like the cleanest lot well, we've had banter, like, we've had ban are uh, what well, we've maybe touched a little bit on what well, some issues and then carried on but well, this feels a bit more like a like a intellectual kind of conversation that we've had what well, it feels more like what well, I've learned something what well, and some maybe outdated beliefs that mm-hmm. I've had about like you know comedy what well, you can optimize to it. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful for this time that we've had together. And And as usual, I'm probably going to drag it down into the gutter with my favourite segment, Ask Andrew Anything. OK. So, after we have been on the air for... How long have we been on the air, Ross, my videographer? 28.12. 28.12? 28.12 28. 12 minutes. 13. Well, 13th. Oh, man, if we kept doing this, we'd be here all day, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, this is where, after call it 29 minutes of me what trying to interview what someone who is what too knowledgeable what they get to ask me a question that can be about anything it could be something as ridiculous as why do you always time your shows to who won the fight between a mutated jellyfish and a panda so claire do you have do you have a, a question? Probably something that will stump me. well Because let's face it, you're you're very intellectual, and I will probably crash and burn. But let's fire away. Let's see how we go.
1: Okay, so nothing intellectual. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> I save all my comedy and my banter for the stage. Okay. Mm. We're not on a stage. Nothing intellectual. Mm. Uh, nothing funny, and nothing that's too taxing. This one. If you were to have a known famous actor play you in the story of your life, who would it be and who would play your love interest?
0: Hmm. very good question. Well, to start with, i need to figure out if I was going to go for a ginger actor or a dyed ginger actor. Well, and I'd probably have to go dye job because the person that I would want would be, for when I'm older, it would be Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Well, I love his comedy. What, well, um, he's Deadpool. You know, I like Deadpool. What, well, um, he, but one thing that I really like about him is that people underestimate how great he is as a serious, dramatic actor. Well, I've seen a lot of his like dramatic what stuff, and he is fantastic. What, well, absolutely love the guy. He's got impressive range. What, well, and I just think what well, uh, he would maybe give my story a bit more credibility than it's due. Well, to play my love interest? Well, um that's where I'm thinking of Alison and thinking of, what well, who I think could Matt could match just her. Probably
1: putting her through the acting yeah. lessons. <laughs> 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 what <Well>, an argument.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would. What well, I wouldn't do that to Alison. I wouldn't be like, right, yeah, you're gonna because yeah, yeah. well, I, w- I wouldn't want to see her snogging Ryan Reynolds. She'd t- she'd run away with him. But, so I think I would probably have Kate Beckinsale. Because Alison loves the like the underworld films. And Kate Beckinsale's obviously been in those films since she played Celine. Yeah. What well, and what well, she planned to dress up as her for uh, one of the how hal- first Halloween's when we got together and it never happened. So at least then I would be able to finally say I've seen my wife as Kate Beckinsale and Celine from Underworld and I wouldn't feel guilty watching them making out and being like, Ah oh, man, this is weird. <laughs> it's a bit of a what like, tongue in cheek questions, but I also think those two would be—they would have great chemistry together. I think there would be a good kind of gravitas to what, like, and Alison's a very, very strong woman. What like, she's—that's why I love her so much. Like she's so secure in herself. What like, she knows how to keep people in line. What like, and you need a lot to keep me in line sometimes because I'm not exactly the easiest person. I know that, and what like, I would need someone who I feel could match her. What and I think Kate Beckinsale could do that. What she's got, she's got like a, she's another one that they underestimate the array of talent that she has. Mm-hmm. What I feel, what kind in of the industry, and I think she should be in a lot more work than she's probably been due. So I hope that's answered your question. Yeah,
1: I'm just wondering how Ryan Reynolds would feel doing your most embarrassing in, in- incident. I can't even speak now.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure um, some of the most embarrassing incidents he would play with the, the comedic maturity that he has done with Van Wilder, well, and probably actually give it a bit more sensibility. Cool. Well, Claire, thank you so much for coming on well, and well, taking time out of your your busy schedule to come and come and slum it with one of your your old pals. Well, from a personal point of view, what well, seeing your career kind of blossom the way that it has what, and what, how well you've done, what, the insight you've gained, what, the, the general kind of zen vibe I get from you, what, from you, what, you're just, everything is so kind of cool, you're so secure with yourself, you're comfortable, you're confident, what, it's a real privilege. Sorry, who
1: are you talking about? Me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's, I think it's been a real privilege to watch your career grow and progress the way it has, and what, and I'm really, really grateful that you still do take the time, what to, what you know, talk to me, essentially. Of course. What, what, and th- what again? Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: You're more
0: than welcome. Thank
1: so, you for having me.
0: So until next time, my three faithful followers, I have been Andrew Durning. This has been the beautiful and talented Claire Michael. So until next time, take care, stay safe, bye bye.